Hello again, and welcome to the Smart TV podcast from Radio Times. My name is David Butcher, and I'm going to whiz you through the week's TV highlights as I see them, as well as one low light, a show I reckon you should avoid. The big TV story at the moment is I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of It, of course, which is doing extraordinary business for ITV most nights in terms of ratings. It's just nuts. The trouble is, as I mentioned last week, when the celebrities go into the jungle, the rest of the schedules enter the desert. And all the other channels just sort of hold back and kind of keep their powder dry because nobody wants to go head-to-head with a show that's getting over 7 million viewers. But... That's not to say there aren't some other good things on. If you don't fancy any more of Mac Hancock and the rest of them, then you absolutely have to. So I'm going to round some up. Here we go. First of all, a comedy or possibly a comedy drama or a half-hour drama. I don't know. That can be a hard line for scriptwriters to kind of steer. And the danger is always with this kind of thing that you end up with something that isn't particularly funny and isn't very dramatic either. You get the worst of both worlds, but not in this case. I'm talking about Mammals, which lands on Amazon Prime today, Friday, the day this podcast comes out. And it's great. It's written by Jez Butterworth, who is the playwright. He wrote Jerusalem and things like that. And it stars James Corden as a husband... I sort of have to stop there. That's about as much as I can say. I was I, When I was reading about this in advance, I was wondering why all the advanced sort of interviews and publicity didn't really spell out what the premise of the show was. And the reason for that is because it's hard to say much about the plot without spoiling things. So, basically, we meet James Corden's character, Jamie, as he's heading for a seaside cottage for a break with his pregnant wife... And there, let's just say, disaster strikes in various forms. And his life suddenly kind of jumps the tracks into a very different place from where he thought it was. And there's a really good cast in this. There's a really nice mix of very, quite serious stuff and very funny stuff. Some of it's quite outlandish. Some of it feels very recognisable and ordinary. (laughs) There's there's nice touches like on, on this seaside cottage and this getaway Tom Jones is staying at the next door place and he's played by Tom Jones of course and that leads to sort of weird slightly surreal moments and I mean like one of the cliches that I hate most of all in dramas is when somebody gets an awful shock and so they're they they're just sick on the spot they can't help themselves and it's a bit like you know when microphones suddenly whistle with feedback because there's an embarrassing moment anyway in this for once that being sick thing really works and is hilarious and the thing is James Corden is such a good actor we've sort of forgotten that about him and he winds a lot of people up for some reason and I'm sure he's a complicated guy but he's very very good in this he's very good as an ordinary bloke who is suddenly flailing about a bit and trying to keep his dignity it's a very fun show so that's Mammals that's on Amazon Prime now also a very fun show but in a very different kind of way is Outsiders which is on Dave from Wednesday you might have seen the first series of this but you might not have seen the first series of this because it is tucked away on Dave it's kind of like Taskmaster if you know Taskmaster but at a scout camp uh, with David Mitchell in charge 
the idea is he has three pairs of comedians who are in the woods and have to do challenges like putting a tent up in a high wind or whatever, or uh, like they race bugs in the first episode. Uh, they have to make sort of reasonably edible food from this random selection of tins that don't have any labels on. The idea is basically if civilization collapsed tomorrow, who would cope? And it doesn't. It's not as brilliant as Taskmaster is. I love that show, as I've talked about it on the on the podcast before. It's a bit more kind of loosely strong than that. And what I, one of the things I like about it is it feels a little bit kind of shambolic in a good way. But the fact that the comics are in teams of two, which really helps it because they sort of play off each other and bicker a bit or, or they kind of back each other up and kind of get competitive with the other teams... For instance, in this series, you've got Joe Wilkinson and Jessica Hines, who are a great pairing. And just watching Joe Wilkinson, who's a very funny man, and watching him just slamming a tin of food against a tree because he's trying to get it open. They don't have any tin openers. There's lots of kind of daft slapstick moments like that. And David Mitchell runs it all with, you know, the David Mitchell kind of dry wits, like a sort of sarcastic headmaster or something. He's great. It's not always hilarious, but it is solidly amusing, I'd say. And it's on Dave, which is on Freeview, and it's always, I think, Dave, a great channel to turn to for light relief at any point. So that's Outsiders. It's on Dave from Wednesday. Now, there's a show called Hong Kong's Fight for Freedom. That's on Monday on BBC Two, and it's part of the This World strand, which pops up occasionally and is a pretty reliable mark of quality. And, as the title suggests, it's it, this just charts the wave of demonstrations that started in 2019 when the Hong Kong authorities, they proposed a law that meant criminal suspects could suddenly be extradited to China. And that escalated from there in some really serious kind of pitched battles on the streets. There's footage of those um, from the front line, news footage, camera phone footage and so on. Um, and we also, we hear from people involved in the demonstrations, people who were fighting for their rights and their freedom, and it's a really shocking story that's very well told. But there's also in it, uh, kind of on a tangent from that, there's a, a TV t- technique that I don't think I've ever seen before where they disguise the identities of some of the people they're interviewing using AI. We're used to seeing people pixelated or sort of shot in a darkened room and so on, but now they AI can just, just give people a completely different face and a different voice because for the people involved, speaking out on camera could be very, very dangerous. So that's interesting as well, but it's an, it's an extraordinary film and an, an important film. It's called Hong Kong's Fight for Freedom. That's on Monday on BBC Two. I'm going to talk this week, I'm afraid, a lot about documentaries and a lot about football documentaries because there's so many of them around at the moment. And, of course, the reason for that is that even though there isn't much excitement around the Qatar World Cup, it is still going to happen. And if you're thinking you're not sure you're really kind of in the mood for it, it's in the wrong time of year, it's in the wrong place, heaven knows... Maybe one of these programmes I'm going to talk about will help get you in the mood. It's a feast of football, but in documentary form. I'll try and run through them quickly. I'm going to start with Hurst 
the first and only, it's called, on Sky Documentaries on Sunday. And it's the story, of course, of Jeff Hurst. It was his hat-trick in the 1966 World Cup final that helped England's men win the only big tournament they've ever won. And Jeff Hurst's story is remarkable, partly because of the football side. No one else has ever scored a hat-trick in a World Cup final. And he'll always have that incredible moment of glory but then like the very next day he was mowing the lawn at home apparently and then when he retired from football he had to sign on he went on the dole and then sold insurance like door-to-door insurance for years like 20 years or something that wouldn't happen today it's safe to say but that's how much football has changed and that's one of the things that you get from this film but also he, Jeff Hurst, has had a lot of sadness in his life, including the death of his daughter. His brother took his own life. It's a story of real highs and lows. And Hurst talks about some of this stuff in a way that he hasn't before at all. Uh, so that's Hurst, the first and only, on Sky Documentaries on Sunday night. Also that night on Sky Documentaries, there's two other good football films. One's called Italia 90, Four Weeks That Changed the World, which is kind of self-explanatory. The other is called Brazil 2002, which is looking at the Brazil team that won their fifth World Cup that year, which the documentary argues basically they were the greatest football team of all time. You can have a long discussion on that, but anyway. Meanwhile, over on Netflix... They're giving us the kind of the flip side of all this. Um, This is that we're talking about the kind of glory and joy and excitement. But they've got a four-part series called FIFA Uncovered, which catalogues how the governing body that organises World Cups, really, from the 1970s onwards, they completely sold the soul of football kind of thing. They sold FIFA's soul. It all became about vast sums of money and bribery scandals, lots of corruption and sports washing for ugly regimes, all of which kind of builds up to awarding this year's tournament to Qatar. Uh, That's, you could argue, is the sort of the climax of that whole story. And it's full of all kinds of sickening detail. And it's got some pretty key figures on camera, you know, Sepp Blatter and so on. I'm not sure that it quite gets the ball in the back of the net in terms of really kind of nailing FIFA. But probably with something as rich and powerful and well-lawyered as FIFA, it's probably as good as we'll get. So that's FIFA Uncovered. That's uh, just started. It's on Netflix now. More footy things. Disney Plus has a lovely heartwarming series where David Beckham helps out a bunch of grassroots East London young players. That's called Save Our Squad with David Beckham. That's on Disney Plus. And... Out today on Amazon Prime, I have to mention a thing called Rio Ferdinand's Tipping Point. It's a three-part series where he looks at social issues around football. He looks at racism in football. He looks at homophobia. And he also looks at what he sees as a real mental health crisis among players, especially young players at academy level, the same kind of kids that David Beckham's talking to in his series. And I think Rio Ferdinand's really good. He's made documentaries before that have been excellent. And obviously he's flagging up important stuff uh, about football, but except it's not really about the failings of football. It's, it's stuff about wider society and broader attitudes that just happen to get reflected in football. So that's Rio Ferdinand's tipping point. That's out today, Friday, the day that this podcast comes out. 
finally, I'm just going to... Last view, Monday, Channel 4. They've got 1966, Who Stole the World Cup? And they've also got the final part of their Italian 90 series, which is called When Football Changed Forever. And if you're listening to this in Wales, maybe... ITV4 has a programme on Monday night against the odds Wales, the 64-year wait, it's called. That's one for Welsh football fans. It's exciting time for them. My apologies to Scottish and Northern Irish fans. I'll stop talking about the World Cup now, I promise. I'm talking a lot about documentaries and I'm afraid there's more to come because it's just, it's that kind of week where a lot of the big stuff is factual shows. But I'm going to just give you some reminders If you're hungry for drama, there's some recent really good ones if you haven't already got into them. There's The English on BBC Two. Uh, That's all on iPlayer now. Amazing, hard-hitting Western with Emily Blunt in. Uh, She plays some sort of English aristocrat who's on a quest for revenge in the Wild West. If you have Netflix, you can be bingy on the crown, of course. That's there. I'm still enjoying SAS Rogue Heroes on BBC One. And again, that's all on iPlayer. Alternatively, if you've got Disney+, Plus, you've got The Bear, which is that superb sort of chaotic drama, very emotional, set in the kitchen of a sandwich joint in Chicago. That's very good on Disney+. Plus. Uh, on Sky Atlantic, The White Lotus is still fabulous. I think it's just as good as the first series, maybe even better. Anyway, you've got options on the drama front, and if it's comedy you're after, I would say if you've never tried Two Doors Down... That's BBC Two comedy. There are six series of that on iPlayer. It's a lovely character comedy set in a suburb of Glasgow with a group of neighbours who all live on the same street. They try to be polite and nice, but they're forever winding each other up. It's quite old-fashioned, but I think a lovely show. That's Two Doors Down. It's on BBC Two or iPlayer. Right, so that's some just ongoing stuff. Back to this week and more documentaries. I'm sorry, there's a lot of them about and they're worth it. For instance, David Olashogo's got a new thing. He's the historian, he does brilliant series that follow the story of a particular house through the centuries. And now he's done the same thing, but with a whole neighbourhood, one of London's and Britain's and probably the world's most famous neighbourhoods of all, Covent Garden. It's called The People's Piazza, A History of Covent Garden, and it's on Sunday on BBC Two. It's like 90-minute one-off. And we sort of think of Covent Garden today as a sort of tourist trap. Apparently 43 million people a year visit it. I'm not quite sure how they know that, but anyway. But it sort of turns out, what you realise watching this, is that since it was first established, like four centuries ago it's always been a bit of a special place a a sort of unique area with a mixture of debauchery and entertainment and commerce and people power in various ways and basically it was built on the fringes of the centre of London then in the 1630s and London had never had a spacious piazza like this before and it was built on part of a convent garden, hence the name, and it was a grand neighbourhood for sort of wealthy people and aristocrats and so on. But in various ways, it then morphed over the centuries. They started a fruit and veg market there, which carried on until the 1970s. But also in the 18th century, it was a real place of coffee houses and sort of political ferment, but also brothels and theatres. It was where Nell Gwynne 
sold oranges and then became a huge star on the stage and was sort of flirting with the king as he sat in the audience. And the programme's got loads of nice stuff in it, nice portraits of the people who lived there, including some really nice stuff with people who remember it as fruit and veg and flower market in the 60s before it shut. And also the story of how, the amazing story of how the whole area was saved from what the planners wanted to do, which was kind of build a conference centre there and kind of change it completely, make it a bit more like, say, the Barbican or somewhere like that is today. And they talked to one of the guys who led the sort of resistance to that. Uh, And I don't think you need to be a Londoner or to particularly love London to get a lot out of the programme. It's just very interesting on how urban spaces kind of evolve in planned ways and very unplanned ways. And it is a place, one historian puts it, it crackles with energy and possibility. So that's called The People's Piazza, A History of Covent Garden, and it's on Sunday night on BBC Two. I should do a couple of quick public service announcement kind of things. There's a special episode of Later with Jules Holland on Saturday on BBC Two because... It's been going for 30 years, so it's called Jules's 30th Birthday Bash. Apparently there have been 60 series and 450-odd episodes since it started in 1992. I mean, it's a phenomenal show. I think, you know, well, it's not a controversial opinion. It's one of the great TV music shows of all time, without a doubt. And for this one, they're in the Hammersmith Apollo, and they've got a huge sort of bill of people. Celeste, Richard Hawley, Michael Kiwanuka... First Aid Kit, loads of others. It should be a really special gig. Also this week, of course, just by the way, is the Great British Bake Off final. That's on Tuesday on Channel 4. Don't miss that, even if you haven't seen the whole of the series. That's always a great bit of television. I'm sorry, I've got to do a bit more sport because I can't not mention the fact that, weirdly, this weekend there are two World Cup finals, both of which need early starts because they come from the Southern Hemisphere. On Saturday morning at 6.30 on ITV, there's the Women's Rugby Union World Cup final, which should be very intense. England are... It's their fifth World Cup final in a row, uh, but I think they're favourites, but they're facing New Zealand in Auckland, basically the two best teams in the world. It should be a hell of a game. Then on Sunday morning, England cricket fans, including me, will be up bright and early to watch the men's T20 World Cup final against Pakistan. If you don't have Sky Sports or a friend with Sky Sports who'll have you around for breakfast or whatever, I think Test Match Special, they still call it that, even when it's not a Test Match, the BBC radio commentary is always terrific and on the bbc sport website or the app or whatever they have clips of the action so you can kind of follow along and you can see when alex hales hammers a six or whatever so that's the t20 world cup final i think that's from eight o'clock on sunday morning Uh, that'll be on sky sports but also as i say on bbc radio now we come to my one to miss and this week it's one of those big glossy nature series that i do love but it's one of those with a hollywood star fronting it which i don't always love um it's called welcome to earth and it arrives on national geographic this week but it's also all on disney plus already if you have that and it's basically will smith going around looking at amazing parts of the planet, you know, a volcano, he goes in a sub to the bottom of the ocean and so on, and it's National Geographic, so it looks gorgeous. The photography is incredible. Smith is quite sort of down-to-earth and affable, and he turns on the charm, but unfortunately, since he made this series, we found out what happens when he turns off the charm and slaps the Oscars host in the face on live television, and we can't unsee that and go back to likeable, easygoing... Will Smith. It's not a bad 
series by any means. It's a bit disjointed and not very informative. It goes for incredible shots of sperm whales or lava or whatever, but it doesn't actually explain anything much because that feels like that's not cool. That's science. Ugh. But I would say, I mean, I love Nat Geo and it has some amazing series, as does Disney+. Plus. This isn't one of them. And Will Smith feels like a bit of a problem, I'd say. So you can safely skip it. So that's Welcome to Earth. It's on National Geographic. I won't say when it's on because you don't need to watch it. That's pretty much all from me this week. But there's more stuff I haven't had time to go into. Uh, Like there's a Brian Cox series about money and inequality on Channel 5. It starts next Thursday, which is quite interesting. Brian Cox obviously plays Logan Roy in Succession, who's a billionaire. But actually his own origins are a lot more humble. He's interesting. It's a good subject. I'm not sure that the person you want reporting on such a big story is an an A-list actor. But anyway, that's called How the Other Half Live. That's on Channel 5 next Thursday. There's also an Oti Mabusi film about her early life in South Africa. So that's Oti Mabusi, My South Africa. That's on BBC One also next Thursday. Also, so I haven't done much drama this week, but there's a spooky Netflix period drama called 1899, which is about a passenger ship that's crossing the Atlantic full of immigrants going to America, uh, but it gets caught up in some kind of nightmare puzzle thing. Uh, we don't know what's going on, but it seems to involve triangles. It's a horror mystery, and if that sounds like your kind of thing, that's on Netflix from Thursday. That's called 1899. Right, that's enough. I'm not going to try and squeeze any more in. Uh, the horrible feeling we're all just going to be watching I'm a Celeb every night anyway, which somebody was saying on, on Breakfast Television, it just feels like Black Mirror come to life. Anyway, I've given you some alternatives to that. Thanks very much for listening and sticking around until the end. There's lots more, as always, on all these shows in Radio Times magazine. And the sister podcast to this, View From My Sofa, this week they've got a really nice interview with Daniel Radcliffe, no less, talking to Kellyanne Taylor about his TV viewing habits. Do give that a listen. I'll be back with more good stuff to watch next Friday. Basically, if you don't want to watch the Football World Cup, I'll give you options. Until then, my name's David Butcher. Bye for now and happy viewing. <laughs>